Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Well, welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And we're doing a book tonight. And this is kind of cool because we have the author and we also have the lady who the book is, a lot of the book is, well, almost all the book is about and about her horses. And it doesn't come out till May 17th, but they had put out another book called Joey, and it was about a blind horse. And I, I will let them tell you a little bit about Joey. Before the 17th, you need to go get Joey, and then you can turn around and get this book, which is called The Project Solid. So first, let me introduce, we have Jody, and your last name is, would you say Stuber? Stuber. Stuber, okay. I did pronounce it right. And then we have yeah. Jennifer Marshall Blinkley. So, um, Jody, I'm going to ask you some of the questions first, and then we'll go over to Jennifer. But if either one of you feel like you need to say something, you know, just kind of go ahead and say it and interrupt, and we can always fix the whatever problems there is later on it. Okay. Hey, so, so Jody, um, first of all, you know, my wife said something about, you know, when you put that first pole in the ground, what was the vision that you were seeing that would to get you to actually do that? You know, because the, the problem is people don't step out and do anything anymore. And th- there had to be something that was driving you. What drove me was the desire to partner with animals to bring healing for people. And originally, I was hoping for healing for myself for a personal loss. And I'd read articles about horses and healing and how they help people. And I found out about another ministry that was doing some amazing things where they took broken horses and broken children and brought them together, and God did the miraculous. And that was the vision that I had, was to work specifically with children at that time with horses. And stepping out in faith uh, to believe that God would answer that cry of my heart uh, was powerful. Um, You know, anytime I took a step, whether that was digging holes and putting fence posts in the ground, the Lord more than met me uh, in that time. Now, when you talk about children, most of these children, they have trauma or something in their lives that that's how you're, you're getting hooked up with them? Yes, a lot of the children that uh, we worked with um, have worked with, you know, since pretty much day one, have had some significant trauma in their lives, whether it's, I mean, divorce, um, abuse, neglect, you know, they're in the foster system or they're being adopted and there's another shift in their lives, or maybe they've lost a loved one, um, just, you know, significant loss. Okay, 
I want to kind of go over to Solomon, the the horse that the book is basically written after, uh, which, by the way, I love the cover picture. What a beautiful horse. <laughs> you know, and, and my favorite thing was when you went to when you went to get the horse and, and that uh, fake deer that was out in the front and they started telling you how. So they had had three horses. And then, anyway, they had lost two, and Solomon would go out and stand next to, you know, would break out to stand next to the uh, fake deer just to basically have a buddy. Yeah. 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 What a picture. What a picture. (laughs) What a picture of loneliness and trying to fill a void that, you know, Another horse for him could have easily filled, but really I think about what Jesus has done for us and how Jesus fills that void for us, you know, and how we will go to other things and look for those things to fill that void that only he can fill. Well, just recently, so we had three horses and we had lost, you know, the mother, the sister, and all we had left was, you know, the brother, whose name is Red. And one of the neighbors was cutting the grass close to the fence and somehow or another he cut the wire on the fence well we thought someone took the horse we you know we looked everywhere couldn't find him and then we found the cut in the fence well guess where he was he was <laughs> way back in the back with all the other horses that were on the other side you know and it's like yeah, and dragging him back over there. Of course, he spends a lot of time hanging out at the fence talking to him anyway. But anyway, it just <laughs> kind of reminded me that at least it wasn't plastic, but still, you know, hey, whatever yeah. you got to do, you know. So, <laughs> Well, horses are herd animals, and so that's instinctual. They need to be with their kind so that they can feel safe because they're prey animals. And so they're always looking out for each other. And <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that your horse uh, went to find friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, but, you know, one of the things you're saying, you know, cause my father's a veteran. Um, my father-in-law's a veteran, you know, I'm a veteran and, you know, horses do listen. You know, matter of fact, the majority of animals do, but, you know, horses, I guess, are a little better because they're big and they're about the same height as you, you know, and and so so when you're talking to a dog, you're kind of talking down, but at least you're not doing that with the horses. But something that kind of upset me in the book was when that veteran from the hospital said, no, the program wouldn't work because none of you are veterans. And and basically told you this, and I thought it just made me so sad because I, uh, you know, I was going through medic school, and there was another guy that was going with me. We were both airborne, and he was um, a Vietnam vet, and so he wanted to go to Australia to go through jump school, and he wanted me to go. Well, I couldn't get out of work to go. And then I had this dream that he committed suicide. Well, I knew he was in Australia, so I didn't really listen to the dream. And three days later, he killed himself. 
and he was just down the street. So something happened and he came back, man, I wish he could have got some kind of program like that because truthfully, uh, with over 50% of them killing themselves, they need something like what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it always breaks my heart when I hear, um, about, you know, someone tragically taking their life. And we, uh, we've had the privilege of the people who have come out, you know, we hold safe space for them. Basically they can come out to the ranch and they can, they get, we, we feed them breakfast and then we go spend time with the horses. And when they go out with the horses, um, that honestly is where the magic happens because horses, they accept you. They don't care what you've done, how you look, your economic status, they just accept you for who you are. And horses have an uncanny ability to mirror what's going on inside of you. So they can't lie. And so that makes them very potent tellers of truth. And when someone is trying to hide that truth, um, the horses, you know, they disarm them, really. And it's such a beautiful thing to watch because... The, their muscles, you know, you literally watch the muscles of the people relax. Um, they become more engaged. Their eyes soften. They, you know, they're, they enjoy spending time with the horses by brushing them or by leading them or creating. Um, we have what we call toys in the arena, but they're, they're cones and pool noodles. And we have all these different things in the arena that they can use to create space. And we had a veteran who um, he had set up an obstacle course. And when he was um, walking his horse through the obstacle course, um, I, I, you know, I watched him and his, his, he didn't look very happy when he got to the end. And I said, so what happened? And he goes, well, I made it. I said, okay. And he said, I just wish they weren't there. And I said, so what do you have to do to make them not be there? And he went to each one of those cones leading his horse buddy and he kicked every cone out of the way. And as he did that, you could just see him get lighter and brighter. And the horse was very, you know, was, was present in that moment of victory for him. And that was a beautiful thing to watch. There was one um, child that you talked about that, and had a father that, you know, had PTSD when the, the, uh, I'm not going to say what it was, but when what happened to Solomon happened, how did that affect him? I mean, you said a little bit in the book, but in, in mine, I was thinking, oh, no, Lord, because uh, well, he just finally, you know, got where he was working with that horse. That is the toughest part of the ranch, in my mind, is when we lose a horse, especially one as important as Solomon. Solomon had an incredible way of connecting with people. Um, and he, I really think this horse loved people um, almost more than his own kind. I mean, he just, he understood them. He was present with them. He enjoyed them. But when we lose one of our horses, uh, the tragedy is not just felt by myself or my husband, it's felt by our community. And when the kids are connected, it's devastating because I hear from the parents and they're, you know, and I, I made sure to call parents 
to let them know that, you know, something bad had happened. And I received many calls back, you know, saying, oh, my goodness, you know, I don't know how we're going to tell our child this. And, you know, sadly, when you have a ranch, you have you have lots of beautiful life, but, you know, you also have death. And so um, we we really worked hard to rally around the children and the families to to embrace each other during a really trying time. Well, I want you to tell, you know, the guy that comes over and digs the holes for you, you know, whenever they ha- you have to bury a horse. Yeah. Well, yeah. my father's 88. And every time a horse has died, we've had to go over it because he goes and digs it by hand. Oh, my. He goes out and digs that gigantic hole by hand with mm-hmm. a shovel. And so we got it. He's 88 years old, you know, and he's over wow. there digging this. And, you know, and then he gets the tractor and pushes the, you know, horse down, puts him in the horse end. But uh, I thought, what a blessing that guy is. So tell him how much you appreciate him because, wow, I was just like, I wish somebody would come over and, you know, to our house and do that, you know, or, you know, for my dad's house. But anyway, um, well, Jennifer, I'm going to go over to you. I'm hoping I'm not making this too sad because the book is excellent. And and, uh, I was really surprised, you know, because I wasn't even going to be doing the interview. And then Julie basically got called in. And I so I had to go through the book and read it pretty quick. And I was very surprised of what a great read it was. And and it was enjoyable. And I told my daughter, I want you to read it, you know, after the interview is done. So. Oh, um, oh, I'm so glad. Was Thank this, you. Jennifer, was this easier to write after the other books you've done? Has it gotten easier? <laughs> it it has. Uh, you know, when I when I wrote Joey, I, I joke with people that I was not a horse person at all. I, I honestly, during the writing, I was just so moved by his story and, and felt called by God to share it. But I, there were times I, I had my word document in one window and like horses for dummies and the other, just trying to <laughs> you sound like I kind of knew what I was talking about. And so since writing that, I, I've become much more of a horse person. And um, what made this one just so delightful to write was getting to, to do it with Jody. Um, Joey really told Joey's story, um, but Project Solomon has so much. It, it, I, I couldn't separate Jody's story from um, Solomon's, and so getting to do this as a joint venture with with Jody um, was a lot of fun, and just getting to co-author with her. So it was not only have I have I grown and then just gotten more used to um, the writing process, but then to get to do it with someone who's so incredibly knowledgeable and um, was always right there, ready to answer questions and leave me voice memos and, um, and write this book <laughs> with me was great. <laughs> well, you know, right I back love at you. House. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I, I love Sindel house and been, you know, doing interviews, with a lot of their authors over the last couple of years, how was it writing with them? Oh my, I, I honestly cannot say enough good things about Tyndale. I, 
you know, back, back when we were first pitching Joey and, and we landed at Tyndale, I had no idea what a blessing God had in store for me with them. They are just phenomenal to partner with. And, um, I mean, everyone from my, you know, content editor to copy editor to our wonderful publisher and design, they just, they, it really is like a family and they've been such a huge blessing in all of this. Well, I know on my end, uh, they've just been a delight to work with and, and, you know, they really jump over backwards trying to make sure they got everything in place and, and all that other stuff and, and getting us a yeah. copy of the book. And, um, and, and a lot of times, you know, I have to get a copy of the book and get them to send me like a PDF or an audio book because <laughs> I'll listen on the road. A lot of times driving easier than uh, trying to sit down yeah. and actually read something. Do you want to just tell us a little more about yourself and, and about your other books and, and also how people can get a copy of it? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I used to say I was an accidental author. I have a master's in uh, mental health counseling and worked for several years as a grief counselor and then um, ended up moving to North Carolina from Florida, stayed home with my my kids at the time and really uh, was just starting to look for something to do when my kids started school and um, just praying about, you know, God, what, what would you have me do? And I ended up, you know, meeting a blind horse and um, felt like <laughs> from, from that experience, which sounds kind of weird, but God just really, um, you know, had me go in this different direction that I never really saw coming, but I cannot imagine doing anything else. So I, I just love, writing about the ways that we can see God's fingerprints and see some of his own heart through animals. And um, it started with, with a blind horse named Joey. And then um, I've partnered with Tyndale to do the Paul Verbs devotional um, series. And that shows the original Paul Verbs book is a hundred true stories of all kinds of different animals that help us learn something about God, about ourselves, or about um, each other. And um, the, then we did Proverbs for a dog lover's heart. We have Proverbs for a cat lover's heart coming out soon. I, I think I might have to draw the line at reptiles and that kind of thing, but um, it's, the, those are so much fun to write. And in fact, I got to write about um, Jody's Sweet dog Rocky in one of the the devotionals for the dog lover's heart. So, and then yeah, Project Solomon came about. I had gone up to Hopewell to speak at a fall fundraiser um, back in 2019, and you know honestly, I, I went because I I'm a huge believer in the power of equine assisted therapy, and I was so excited to um, just learn more about this this ministry that was new to me. They've been around for quite a while, but. Um, just excited to lend my support, but I had no intention of, of going to find a story. <laughs> I was just going to support <laughs> this great ministry. But, um, you know, sometimes I think God just leads you to the story he wants you to share. And so that, um, that led to me listening to Joey, uh, to jo Joey and Jody. That gets hard sometimes, <laughs> but um, talking to <laughs> Jody about, you know, all of these wonderful stories coming out of, their ranch and just the, the beautiful work God was doing. And when she started talking about Solomon, and as you can tell, she's a, a gifted storyteller. Um, I just, 
everything in me was like, I have, I have to know more. I want, I don't even think I was out of their parking lot before I was on the phone with my then agent, like, Oh my word, we have to, I have to tell this story. So I was <laughs> delighted um, that she was, she was willing to go with me on this journey. And I'm so grateful just to meet such a good friend and her and um, her sweet husband, Ty. And so the book officially releases on May 17th. Um, it's already available for pre-order really anywhere where books are sold. And um, we've even seen a few people taking pictures of finding the book and Books A Million. And um, so that's, that's been fun to start to get some of those photos. But um, we're just really excited and really hopeful that people will read this and and be encouraged to see, you know, a, a glimmer of hope in the pages of Project Solomon and maybe even, you know, realize that just like Jody thought at one point her story was over and yet it wasn't, that, that other people might read this and discover that their own story isn't over and that what might feel like a really painful ending can also be a beautiful new beginning and that something I loved from the book that just was a theme over and over is that God really can and does bring life from the ashes of death. And so we're just really hopeful for what God has in store with this book. So my wife and, and her family are all from Michigan. So I just assumed both of you were from Michigan. And then we were talking right before and, and you weren't from Michigan. So how did you end up over in Michigan doing this? <laughs> yeah, they had just, Hope Well had reached out to me after, after Joey came out, um, had just reached out and asked me to speak at their fall fundraiser. And um, I think I think you guys had asked me in 2018, and I wasn't able to because I was doing the book fair at my kid's school, which was this weird dream of mine. Um, so I wasn't able to do it then, but God's timing is so perfect, and they were so kind to follow up um, the following year. So I just I flew out there to speak at a fundraiser, and then um, I was able to take a tour of the ranch with Jody the morning before the fundraiser, and so that that's where I heard the story. And I think the very next night I was talking to Jody about the possibility of maybe collaborating together and um, wanting to share this. Let me ask you this, Jody, how do you raise the money to run this ranch? Because you're offering all these programs for free. We do. We, well, we do offer um, our children's programs and our um, veteran program project Solomon as a gift. Um, we believe in serving those who have served. And so we rely really on the kindness of people to help us. Um, right now we're doing a big animal sponsorship program. So hopefully we can, you know, offset some of the costs of the animals that, that live here and help make people's lives so much better. And we, um, I write grants. We are a nonprofit, so that definitely helps. And uh, meaning that people can get tax donations for their gifts to the ranch. And then we have, um, you know, just we have a wonderful community. And our community actually is probably worldwide. I, I get texts from a man in Australia who just always says the most encouraging things. And I just think, wow, how cool is that, that we can have this kind of a reach? And his kind words and prayers are having an impact in central Michigan for the people that do come and, you know, utilize our services. 
Okay, so I, I want the listening audience to, to hear that because, you know, they're always talking about help the veterans do this, help the veterans do that. Well, you know what? There's a lot of support that needs to be sent to this if if you want to get more veterans going through these programs. Um, so that just opens the door. It gives you something else to support. You know, forget that cup of coffee and, and you know, help them out. <laughs> Um, is there anything you want to say, Jody? Cause I don't want to say a whole bunch about the book. Cause I feel like they need to read the book. You know, I was trying to even avoid talking too much about Solomon because that that's kind of a big twist in it. And, uh, <laughs> you did a great I, job. I guess, <laughs> yes, you, you have, you've done a wonderful job. I think, I think if I were going to, you know, say anything to the readers or the listeners, excuse me. I really, I just want to encourage them that no matter what is going on, that God can take that circumstance and make something good. I remember looking at my mom during one of the most difficult times of my life and telling her, I can either become bitter or I can choose better. And mom, I want to choose better. And I'll tell you, God was listening. And he's done things that I could not have ever asked, hoped, or imagined. And he'll do it for you. Amen. Amen. What about you, Jennifer? Anything you need to say before we call it a wrap? <laughs> um, no, I, I I don't think I could put anything else after after that. I, I echo everything Jody said, and that really is our our prayer for the book. I, I love that from the beginning, I think we both have the same vision for this project and <laughs> I just, I'm just really excited and grateful um, to get to have the opportunity to share this incredible story. The name of the book is project Solomon and it comes out May 17th. And like she said, you can pre-order and I just want to encourage you, you know, go out and get the book for yourself and buy one for a friend or read it yourself and then pass it on. But it will really help. And, you know, like I said, I was talking to a veteran yesterday telling them about the book and they were saying horses, horses, but you know what? I'm telling you, they need something. And one thing about horses is they do listen and uh, it can make a huge difference. So I'm going to say that's a wrap. Okay. Thank you. <laughs>